At least I'm turned on in here. Amen. My price. Thank you. Wasn't that glorious? I tell you just to think about what the Lord's done here and uh, have this opportunity to be here on such a momentous day here with these seniors. I'm telling you, wasn't that a beautiful group standing up here on this platform and being acknowledged for such a tremendous accomplishment, actually the big springboard for the rest of your life. Amen. Thanks be to God for them and for that opportunity to be here. It's a, it's a real delight for me to be here, and I'm trying to make sure I remember the things I'm supposed to remember. I, I tell you, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's difficult. My son came over the house the other day, and uh, I said to my wife, sweetheart, go in there and bring us a piece of that cake out of the kitchen, if you don't mind, and she did, and uh, came back, and I said, darling, I said, if you would, uh, pour us a cup of coffee and bring it in here, and she did, and I said, honey, there's a book back there in the bedroom, bring it in here so Bob can read it, and she headed back there to get it, and he turned to me, my son, and says, dad, I appreciate those affectionate terms you use when you're talking to mom like that. I said, oh, son, for the last several months, I had not been able to remember her name, so uh, <laughs> that. That's, uh, that's sort of how it is when you get my age, you know. You, you have difficulty remembering some things, and uh, you ought not to have that difficulty, especially when it comes to your wife's name, amen? But uh, I tell you, it's a joy to me to have this occasion to be here with you, and what a, what a momentous occasion it is. I've been thinking about these graduating seniors, and, and what a great day this is in their life. Of course, it's not the... It's not the first great day in their life. I mean, there was a day several years ago that a mom and dad was in a maternity room at a hospital somewhere, and uh, uh, they were birthed. Amen. What a great day that was whenever they came into this world and life uh, came into their body, and they've gone on here and, and made that, that testimony, and then there came in their their life after they were birthed that first day of school. I don't know whether you remember that or not, but it was a little fearful as I recall. I mean, you know, uh, being away from mom and dad and the on site there and all that, but that, that first day, what a, what a day, that first day of school. And, and then uh, uh, that graduation time, my, that was a delightful time, graduating seniors. And we're celebrating that here today on behalf of these seniors here. And uh, then, you know, uh, uh, school, and, and of course, before the end of school, there came another important time in the life of these fellows and girls. Do you recall what that might have been, that first, uh, that, fir that, 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 that first date? That first date, whenever... That boy's thinking to pick up that girl, you know, and she, mama won't know, make ever hair in place. Do I look all right? You know, this, that, and the other. All of that, I mean, that was there. Wanted to have that first date. And there's going to be, seniors, listen to me. There's going to be that day whenever you walk down that aisle with that Mr. Wright or that Miss Wright. Hopefully that'll be the case. Amen. <laughs> Mr. Wright, Miss Wright. Come down and, and you'll be married. Amen? Be married, husband and wife, till death do us part. That's, that's it. Amen? What a great day that's going to be. I mean, what a tremendous day. And then with God's blessings down the road a few months, down there, 
year or so, there's going to be a birth to your home, a child. My, what a delightful day. All of these are great days, great day, awesome days in the lives of individuals. Amen? Some of us have been through all of those days. Some of us have experienced all of those experiences with delight and glee and happiness and joy. But I want to tell you of another great day that's going to transpire. And this, this great day is a, a day that, that is so significant and so important. And that's going to be the day when we stand before Almighty God. The day when we stand before Almighty God. What a day that's going to be. I want to read for you a passage of Scripture here in the Word of God. And I want you to think with me about this very important fact. Because this is such a significant fact. None of us can afford to miss it. None of us can afford to, to, to just disregard the importance of this fact that I want to attempt to lay upon your heart this morning. And I pray the Spirit of God will just move upon us and that we'll be receptive to what He has to say to our heart and our lives here today. Listen, you could go out of this place today. You could go out of this place today. A person changed for time and eternity. Or... You could go out of this place today with one who continues to just sort of live life and disregard the consequences or the inevitable, uh, to just go through life, you know, just uh, not wondering or caring or being engaged in anything that God would mind for you. But I want you to look with me here now, in the Word of God, and I want to share with you a passage of Scripture that I pray God will just use to to speak to all of our hearts here today in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. The Bible admonishes us, beginning in verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in there. Did, did you get that? Wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Did you get that? Did you get that? I mean, wide and many, narrow and few. I mean, the Word of God emphasizes that truth here. Notice in verse 21, not everyone, now this is sobering, folks. Listen to this. Look at it in your Bible. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. You mean you can say, Lord, Lord, and not enter? If the Bible is the Bible and it's true, what does it say? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Listen, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, or preached in thy name, or proclaimed in thy name? 
and in thy name cast out devil, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And listen, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's got to be sobering. That's got to be eye-opening to every one of us to make absolute certainty regarding our relationship to Almighty God. Wouldn't you agree? That's not something to speculate about. That's not something to be marginal about. That's not something to say, I'm going to take care of it later. That's something that we today need to give attention to and to make absolutely certain how we stand before the Lord God. I mean, this is the admonition of the Scripture. Most Baptists are kind of universalists. Most of them are. You get the account of them, you know, that everybody's going to get saved. Everybody's going to be saved. Everybody's going to go to heaven. Have you ever been to a funeral? Ever been to a funeral and had a preacher stand up there and say, this is the meanest devil ever lived? <laughs> Cussed, drank, beat his family, his wife, his kids, probably died and went to hell. Have you ever been to a funeral like that? Isn't it amazing how you go to the funeral? Oh, this is the finest, sweetest, kindest. I mean, yeah, I mean, and that, that's what you normally, I mean, that is, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know he was a drunk. You know he chased women. You know he gambled. You know he was a renegade. But it seems like when you have that funeral, man, it's all so good, huh? <laughs> Hello? Well, now, friend, that's not the way it is. That's not the way it is. I want to tell you, we're going to stand before God as who we are. We're going to stand before God in what we've done with Jesus, who is called the Christ. It's all going to depend upon what we have done with him. I told the earlier service about this, this guy that uh, his brother died. Me was meaner than the devil, drank, cussed, chased women, gambled, did all the rest. But his brother, whose name was John, went to the pastor and said to him, I want you to preach his funeral, and I'm going to give you $100, but I want you to tell the congregation that he was a saint. Reluctantly, the preacher took the $100, stood up to preach the funeral and says, all of you know Bill. He was a drunk. He was a rebel, renegade, lived like the devil, all the rest. But compared to his brother John, yeah, he was a saint. <laughs> well, now listen, heaven and hell Heaven and hell are real, folks. Amen? It's real. And I want to tell you that we're going to stand before a just God. We're going to stand before a just God, and we need to make certain of our relationship to Him. Amen? 
We need, the Word of God indicates that more are going to be lost than are going to be saved. Look in verse 22. The Bible says in that same chapter of Matthew chapter 7, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful work? And then will I profess unto them, notice, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. More are going to be lost. Now, Jesus wasn't just speaking symbolically here. He wasn't. He wasn't just throwing something in the wind here, but he was acknowledging the reality that many folks are going to die and stand before a holy God and spend eternity in a devil's hell. I want you to notice in Romans chapter 10, the Bible says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I said, I want my, I want my nation, I want Israel to be saved. Now listen, listen to this. I bear them record that they have a zeal for God. They have a zeal for God. But here, but not according to knowledge. Did you, did you get that? They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Listen, listen. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, they being ignorant of God's righteousness, what He has done on their behalf, what He has provided for them, they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Listen, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that, that believeth, amen, that puts their faith and their trust in him. Friend, listen, Jesus is not a way to heaven. Jesus is not a good way to heaven. Jesus is not the best way to heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Only through Jesus Christ can man be saved. And with so many, with so many, that's an absence in their life. Notice in verses 22 and 23 of this same chapter, the Bible says, and this disturbs me, many will say to me, Lord, we've prophesied, we've done all of this, and he said, I'll profess, I never knew you. Listen, we, uh, many who expect to be saved, many who, who, who think that, 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 that because they're a member of the church, many of them, but because they have, have lived their lives in, in such a fashion that they, uh, you know, they, they've been uh, regular, they've been attenders, they've been this, that, and the other. But friend, has there ever been that time whenever you acknowledged you were a sinner and before a holy God in brokenness, you ask him to be merciful to you, a sinner, and save your soul? You see, that's the only way that our sin can be forgiven. That's the only way that our names can be written in the Lamb's book of life is to come to that place in our life when we make that declaration and we give ourselves totally and completely to the Lord God. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, sad, it's a sad thing whenever you think about 
folks that have heard the Word of God, folks that have been exposed to the Word of God, folks that have been in church, folks that have been reared by, by in a Christian home, uh, and yet many of them who have, you know, they've learned the language of Zion, and they have have sort of become accustomed to the things you do as it relates to church, but personally in their hearts and in their life, they never really come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and His Lord. What a sadness. What a sadness that is in the lives of individuals. But notice not only that, but notice this. Uh, I'm sorry to my Catholic and Mormon friends and whatnot, but there's nobody that gets saved after death. If you're going to get saved, you're going to have to get saved in the now and now. You're going to have to get saved in this life because, friend, this is the only place there is to get saved. The Word of God emphasizes the reality of that truth. And in uh, Acts 4.12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You can't get saved in heaven. You've got to get saved under heaven before you stand before God. That time has to be when you open that heart and turn that life completely over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Has that ever happened in your life? Has that ever transpired in you as an individual? Can you go back to a place where you say, Brother Steph, I remember I acknowledged I was a hell-bent, hell-deserving sinner, and I realized that Jesus Christ took my place on Calvary's cross, was buried and rose from the dead, showing himself to be triumph, uh, triumphant over death, over hell, over the grave, and he promised to all those who put their faith and trust in him, I'll give you everlasting life. There was that time in my life when I gave my heart and my life to Jesus. Can you, can you affirmatively, I mean, can you with all your heart and soul and beings, can you declare that here this morning? Listen to me. Listen to me. For your sake and for the sake of your eternal destiny, if you can't do that today, you need to settle that question. Today, you need to get that matter taken care of. Amen? I mean, that, that, there are probably a lot of things that you've got on your to-do list. Hello? Especially if you're married. <laughs> Hello? I mean, you got to-do, 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 to-do. This to-do, to-do. But I will tell you, the greatest position on your to-do list is to get things right in certainty with Almighty God. Amen? I mean, to be absolutely sure without any suspicion, without any doubt that it's well with my soul. In fact, in fact, according to the Word of God, According to the Word of God, even Jesus can't forgive you outside of this life. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 6, that the Son of Man, Jesus, hath power on earth to forgive sin. 
That's the only place he can do that. You, you can't do that in the grave. I mean, your family can weep over you, light all the candles they want, pray all the prayers they want, but here is the place where that has to happen. This is the place where that has to occur. That's the only place where you can make that peace with Almighty God. And now this, this, Genesis chapter 6. This is a sobering, startling word. Listen, listen to what the Word of God said in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. The Bible says, the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. God's spirit is at work in this world, speaking to young men, young women, uh, husbands, wives, children. He said, I want to draw you to Christ. I want you to come to Christ. Come to Christ. But the Bible says, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. He was speaking here in the days of old, but God's word said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. That's not just for yesteryear. Friend, that's for today and every day. God's Spirit strives with us, open our eyes to the reality of salvation, but the Bible testifies there's going to come that day when the door is going to be shut. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Well, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, the Bible testifies in verse, twin, uh, verse, uh, verse 10 uh, that... Uh, uh, there, there were these uh, foolish, uh, the, these ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. And uh, uh, the five that were foolish uh, uh, took their lamps, no oil with them. And the, uh, those that were wise, uh, uh, they, they had their lamps lighted. And while they slept, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went out with him uh, to the marriage and the Bible says the door was shut. And after that, the other virgins, the five that didn't have their lamps lighted, came and said, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. Once that door is shut, friend, there's no opening that door. We, while God's call is to us, must respond to that call and allow God's Spirit to move in our heart. The door can be shut. But not only that, Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. And I say, hallelujah, come Lord Jesus. Amen. I mean the condition. I, uh, there's nothing could be more, more uh, gratifying to me than for Jesus to come today. Hello? I mean, just, just the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ to be uh, those who died and gone will be, I mean, they, they're going to be resurrected before us and then we which are alive to be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God, let it happen today, Lord. I don't have to get back to Shreveport. In fact, if I, if I got my choice between heaven and Shreveport, Lord, I'd take heaven. Hello? I'd take heaven. I want to tell you, God says, we'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Stuart Toms is a 
dear, dear friend of mine, and for many years pastor of Sweetwater Baptist Church uh, over out of Ruston, and he's preaching one Sunday in his pulpit, and he said, said to his congregation as just sort of matter of fact in his sermon, he said, the best thing that happened to me would be for me to die. Sort of startle somebody, and especially a one young woman in the church. Said he went on to say, "Because I'd go to be with Jesus, I'd go home and be with the Lord." That afternoon, a knock came at his door. Got there, and the lady was just all shook up and weeping. Invited her in there at his home. John Eddie's wife was with him there and sat at the table and she shared with him. Stuart, do you mean what you said this morning? The best thing having you die? I said, sure, I meant it. When I said it, but didn't mean it. Said, well, I couldn't say that, Stuart. I couldn't say that. Stuart said, well, you can say it if you'll listen. He shared the Roman road with her, walked through it, all of sin, come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God has raised him dead. That should be saved. Whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord should be saved. Walked down the Roman road with that little lady. And she bowed her head and asked Jesus to come into her heart. Came that Sunday night, was baptized, made that decision. Two and a half weeks passed. And Stuart Tom got word that this lady had died and he preached her funeral. Two and a half weeks had transpired. Aren't you glad she was obedient to the call of God? Aren't you glad she was attentive to what God had to say and did what God told her to do? This morning, God's speaking to some hearts in this place. You know, a lot of folks play church. You know, we do it because it's sort of the thing to do. We do it because we grew up in that kind of atmosphere or whatever. And hey, I'm for that. I, I like that. But listen, all of that can put you in the position of that many who says many will say in the meaning of that day, Lord, hadn't I done this and this and this and this? And he says, I never knew you. Because you see, salvation is not a group thing. Salvation is a personal thing. A personal thing. We must personally come to know him as our Savior and his Lord. And the only way we can do that is to acknowledge we're sinners. And to recognize we can go to church every Sunday, sing in the choir, pay our tithe, we can do all those things and still miss heaven. Listen, because you don't go to heaven on your doings or goodness. The only way you get to heaven is on the complete, finished work of Christ. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Only in Jesus, only in Jesus can we walk through the gates of heaven to spend eternity with our blessed Redeemer. Do you know him this morning?
Do you know that you know that you know that you know that if you died before sunrise tomorrow, that you'd be with Jesus eternally in the heavens? If you're not absolutely certain of that, you can be. You can be today. Bow your heads with me just now in prayer. Bow your head with me just now in prayer. Just before I pray, just before I ask God's blessings upon this invitation here, let me ask you, walk down memory lane. Do you know, can you go back to that time, that place? Can you, are you absolutely certain this morning that you have Jesus Christ living in your heart and life and that he has forgiven your sin and saved your soul and that heaven is your home and you're absolutely certain and thankful to God for the reality of that this morning. If you can say that with an affirmative, I mean, if you can say that with certainty, with heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking about, nobody, would you just in thanksgiving lift that hand up to God? Just in thanksgiving lift that hand up to God. I know that, preacher. I'm certain of that. I'm sure of that. I know today that I'm Say, I know Jesus lives in Mars. Just lift it up and hold it up for just a moment. Just lift it up. I know that. I'm sure. I praise God for the reality that I can know that. I rejoice in that. Just lift it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Multitude, multitude, multitude of hands. Thank you. Put them down. Put them down. If in all honesty, if in all honesty, you couldn't lift your hand. You say, preacher, I, I just, I just couldn't, in, in all, I couldn't raise my hand. I couldn't say I know that. I'm certain of that. Well, let me tell you something. You can be certain of that. You can have that reality in your heart and in your life, and you can do it today. And if you couldn't lift your hand a moment ago, you couldn't do that. I want you to do something with me right now. I want you, I want you just to do something right there, right there in the privacy of your pew, I want you to do it, and I want you to mean it with all your heart, right there, right there in the privacy of your pew, just you and God. I want you to do this with me, right there in your pew. I want you to pray this prayer. Just pray it in your heart, mean it in your heart. Pray it right now. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Just pray it in your heart. Really mean it. I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross on my behalf. For me, for my sin. Right now, Lord Jesus, with all my heart, and the best that I know, I ask you to come into my heart to take control of my life, to be my Savior, and make me the person that you want me to be. If you prayed that prayer with me, and you really meant it. If you prayed that prayer with me and you really meant it, anywhere on the walkway, 
anyway, on the auditorium floor here, anywhere, any aisle. If you just slip that hand up, every head bowed, every eye. If you prayed that prayer with me and really meant it, just slip that hand up right now, wherever you are. Would you do that? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Lift it up. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you on the walkway. Yes. God bless. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Any others right now? If you prayed that prayer, yes, God bless you. I see that hand, young man. I sure do. Yes. Yes, darling, I see that. Sure do. Yes, God bless you. Yes. Yes, I see that. Okay, I see. Yeah. Yes, young fellow, I see that. Yes, yes. I see that hand, sir. Yes. See that hand, young man. I do. Is there another? Is there another? You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. You know you need to do it, but you hadn't done it yet. You hadn't done it. Is there another? Just slip it up. Right now, just where, yes, I see it. I see up there. I see up there. I sure do. I see you, sir, right over here. I do, on my left. I certainly do. See you, young man, right there. Yes. Is there another? Is there another? Yes, 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 darling. I see your hand. I see it. Okay. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Listen to me. Listen to me now. Just a moment. Just a moment. We're going to stand and we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. <clears throat> Brother Tom's going to be here at the front. He's going